Jesse Amalo is the Services Specialist and Curator of the Toronto Public Library's Arthur Conan Doyle Collection. Her role is to aid in building and maintaining one of the world's foremost collections of library materials devoted to the life and work of Arthur Conan Doyle and his most famous literary creation, Sherlock Holmes. Welcome to the Bibliophile. Thank you. Thank you for having me. So why should the literary tourist visit the Toronto Public Library and this collection? To start off, I'd say because we are one of the top collections of its kind in the world, we fall among the top three research collections for Arthur Conan Doyle materials. There's a couple, there's one in Minneapolis, right? One in Minneapolis and one in Portsmouth, England. England. And us. So um, for researchers, it's a great resource. Uh, okay, so so what have you got here that's so good? So we have one-of-a-kind materials, manuscripts, and first editions. We have um, imitations of the stories. We have multilingual materials. We have collectibles. We have posters, film stills, you name it. We collect it if it's related to Sherlock Holmes or Arthur Conan Doyle. Okay, yes. so it's an ongoing effort then, but these things ne are never over, right? No, no. Yeah. We continue to collect and we'll continue to collect. So. Okay, so what manuscripts do you have? Different types of manuscripts. So one example would be letters, business letters or personal letters. We also have some short stories he's written. He wrote a series with a character, uh, Brigadier Gerard, so we have marriage of Brigadier Gerard. We have that uh, manuscript. We have plays. So we have a play called Angels of Darkness, which uses uh, many of the same characters found in the first Sherlock Holmes story, including Watson, but no Holmes. But mm. written around the same time. So Watson's more important than Holmes. I guess so. No. <laughs> and and what's his, what does handwriting look like? Well, I can show you an example. Yeah, let's have a look. So this is Angels of Darkness, which I mentioned earlier. Let me take some photographs of that. Sure. So, it's very pristine. Oh, look at that. That's, his, his, that's one of his notebooks, is yeah. it? Yeah. Isn't that nice? Yeah. It's kind of a marbled exterior. Signed, Arthur Conan Doyle. And actually, you'll notice in many oh. of his writings, he doesn't make many edits. No, it's it's so. very, uh, it's almost like calligraphy, isn't mm -hmm. it? Mm -hmm. Wow. Yeah. Well, that ma that makes me think he might have this might have been transcribed from something else. Possible, possible. But still, right. it's in his own hand, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's beautiful. Yeah. No, there's some little corrections, yeah, eh? Yeah. So, was this part of the original collection, or did you acquire this uh, later on? Most of the manuscript material has come to us over time through purchases and donations. But I can kind of tell you a little bit about how we started. Yeah, let's do that. Who's the wonderful collector? <laughs> Um, the collection started about 50 years ago, Okay. and from what I understand, it began at the Central Library, which came before the Reference Library. Okay. And so in other words, he donated it there? It was a purchase made, actually. The first 
the foundation of the collection was a purchase that was made from a rare book dealer. Oh, so it, it was the decision of a librarian mm-hmm. to start this? Yes, yes it was. So oh, okay. at I'm... the Central Library, they had just decided that they were going to cut their circulation and make it a strictly reference library. So they were looking to increase their reference holdings. And so came along a special collection. And the story is that there was a librarian by the name of Cameron Hollier working in the languages and literature department. And he heard about a, a sale by a well-known uh, Canadian book vendor, Rare Books. Who's that, do you remember? His name was Hugh Ensign Courtright. Oh, he's still around. Yeah. So um, from what I've read in Cameron's um, notes the uh is cameron still around no he passed away okay yeah he was with the collection many many years Mm -hmm. and we have a a memorial uh, lecture that's put on every year in his name is that about sherlock holmes or not um it's related to yes or arthur conan doyle yes and it's put on by the friends of the arthur conan doyle collection so yeah he got wind of this sale. From what I understand, it was about 500 books for $1,000, most of which were early Arthur Conan Doyle, Sherlock Holmes, detective fiction books. So so the the book dealer, Mm -hmm. he must have got them from a collector then. He did, he did. You know who that collector was? was Vincent Bailey. Okay. Yes. So he was a collector, and it was his estate, from what I understand. And that was the foundation of the collection. And then over time, some other private collections came our way through purchase and donation. I guess the word was out that you guys were looking for Sherlock Holmes and Conan Doyle. Yes. Okay. Um, And then in recent years, we... We received the uh, Friends of the Arthur Conan Doyle collection, and they are a group of volunteers who help us to raise funds and promote the collection. So they help us to acquire materials that are sometimes beyond our budget. So they already had a collection? No, no, they had an interest in the collection. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. Do you remember what was in that original set of books that was donated as you say it was early stuff yes um i don't remember specifically but from what i know because they were establishing a special collection they had asked that the um cataloging department kind of set these books aside um you know label them properly for this new collection and they came back all stamped and stickered and all of that and that was a learning experience Mm. Early on, that that should not happen for That's special right. collections. That's right. It happened so, all over the place. Yeah. Now so, they wouldn't dream of it. No. It's defacing them. Really, yes. is what it is. Yes. But. Exactly. So okay. um, that's kind of a way to identify some of the earlier, <laughs> the, early, ones, the ones that started the collections. So. The ones that have been desecrated were the first <laughs> ones. Okay. Uh, okay. So your job then ha- has been to. What? Take a look at the gaps and try and fill them. Pretty much, yeah. And as mentioned, there's always new materials being published, whether they be imitations, known as pastiches, of the stories. Those are fictional. 
or research materials that people are writing. I always go back and look for rare materials that we might not have. Um, yeah, I noticed you, I mean, they originally appeared in the Strand mm-hmm. magazine, mm-hmm. which is more like a little kind of a book, a kind of a paperback, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, with a sort of a perfect bound, well, um, spine. Yeah. His first stories appeared in the Strand, right? Yes, with the exception of the first one, okay. which was A Study in Scarlet, and it appeared in this periodical known as Beaton's Christmas Annual from 1887. From what I understand, Arthur Conan Doyle was kind of shopping around for anyone who would take his story because mm-hmm. he hadn't really established himself as a writer. He was a physician before he was a writer. So um, he had this new character, Sherlock Holmes. Beaton is interesting. Yeah. It's I mean, his wife did the famous cookbook, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, he was a publisher. Mm-hmm. Isn't that lovely? Mm-hmm. So that's the, that's it. Yeah, a study in Scarlet and Beaton's Christmas Annual. So this is a very rare periodical that we have here. Yeah. And it sees the first meeting of Sherlock Holmes and Watson and the first story. It's so, beautiful. Yeah. And that was uh, again in eighteen eighty seven. Eighty seven. Yes. Okay. And so that was that like a huge hit right off the bat or. Um, I don't think it was. I think it. He was commissioned to write the second story, by um, by an American publisher. I think it was from McClure's magazine. Okay. And that was the sign of four. And I think originally after this story, he thought maybe that was it, and then he was commissioned to write the second one, and then I believe it got going from there. Oh, so he had. Yeah, he was popular early in the States then. Mm-hmm. So then the Strand, uh, what, they, they approached him, I guess? Yeah, the Strand, not exactly sure how that relationship started, but okay. um, yeah, they picked up the rest of his stories and continued publishing. For quite a few years, too, right? Yeah, I know um, Arthur Conan Doyle took a break just before The Hound of the Baskervilles for a while. He decided he probably wasn't going to keep writing the Sherlock Holmes stories, but I know that um, The Strand kind of played a role in getting him back to writing the stories, and he wrote many more after that. So So what, when did they go from The Strand? Like, what, what dates were those? This earliest story was 1887. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was very shortly after that that it was published in the Strand. Um, so here I have 1891 as our first. Um, yeah, that's the bound uh, yeah. version of. Copy here, yeah. Yeah. Okay, with a lot of interesting. January 1891. Okay. Um, Lots of interesting little etchings or. Mm-hmm. Black and white, of course. Yeah. So 1891, but they went for what, 10 or 15 years, no? I don't recall when the last one was published. Okay. The last Sherlock Holmes story. But there were 60 Sherlock Holmes stories written. And they came out monthly? They came out monthly, but they came out in sections. So you wouldn't necessarily get the whole story. Oh, right, okay. Um, yeah. You might get a portion of the short story, which I would see. keep you purchasing okay. the subsequent. That's right, like Dickens, yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. Mm-hmm. And uh, 
Perhaps you can tell me a little bit about uh, Arthur Conan Doyle then. He was actually born in Scotland, but he moved to Britain and became a physician. Okay. So he started out um, with his own practice and couldn't quite get things going. Um, and he found that he had a, a love of writing, so he would write on the side. Eventually it took over, and yeah, he, he wrote on numerous topics throughout his life. He wrote the fictional stories, which we've seen here, mm -hmm. but he also wrote a great deal on war, travel, history, crime, religion so yeah he had a basically an opinion about everything so who published him first beyond the actual magazines who what's the first book that's a good question one publisher which published a lot of his early works were was um George Nunes of London. Oh, and in fact, they published the Strand magazine, I think. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, oh, yeah. well, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah, yeah. Okay. So. Yeah, and that's 1902. Mm-hmm. Okay. So I guess, uh, I guess it, it experienced success in the magazine, and they decided to put it into book format. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Definitely for sales, and many of the other stories are kind of bound together um, right and then there were four novels too so four novels and 56 short stories and the hound of the baskervilles is the most famous novel i would say so yeah okay uh, most people identify it as their their favorite so what about the character himself Can you tell me a bit about him holmes yes well he's a consulting detective and he lives in Victorian England, and he's got his his roommate sidekick Watson, who acts as his as narrator throughout the stories. And um, people kind of draw on him as a last resort when they can't seem to uh, solve a crime for themselves. They consult him. Right. So, so the police go to him. Or the not? police go to him, and other private detectives go to him for help with that yeah because he's known as a brilliant logical mind mm -hmm. okay. yes yes and he's a bachelor he is yes and so is dr watson as well there are two bachelors two bachelors um at the beginning but dr watson does get married in a story devoted to that or not or it's just kind of a side a side um, plot not sure. Okay, that's fine. Uh, anything else about uh, about either of these characters? I don't know. Holmes just has a brilliant mind, and he focuses a lot on observation and deduction in his reasoning, and um, always seems to get his man. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah. Okay. Okay. So. When did it hit the stage then? Do you, do you have an idea of, of that? Um, I don't have an exact date, no. William Gillette was one of the early portrayals of Sherlock Holmes on stage, and he played into a lot of 
the iconic dress that we see with Sherlock Holmes. That wasn't described in the stories, so... Don't wonder whose idea that was. Maybe Gillette? Yes, I think he definitely played a role in, uh, in it. Uh, was Conan Doyle around when they staged it, or had he died at that point? Nope, he was around at that, yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, was he consulted? He was, yes, yes. Okay. I guess That's they paid him, so he yeah. can do what you want. Yeah. And then, of course, the famous films with uh, Basil Rathbone and Nigel Bruce. Mm-hmm. When was that? Was that in the 30s or 40s? I don't have all my dates down, I must admit, but um, yeah, he was one of the most famous portrayals of, of Sherlock Holmes. I remember watching some of those films growing up, and then, you know, more recently we have Benedict Cumberbatch. Um, That's the TV series, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. and uh, Robert Downey Jr. Yeah, there have been many, many portrayals over the years, and mm-hmm. yeah. So, what do you have in that regard? Do you have scripts or? We do. Yeah. yeah, we have scripts for the some of the various films. We have the audiovisual components too. So, what does that mean? You like actually... the actual films. Some are even on reels. So that does that mean someone can come in here and like you've got DVDs of them all or? No? We do have DVDs, many DVDs. Uh, they can be watched here. Okay. Um, we have. Um, books about the adaptations, so which will describe you know the various actors and details of all the uh, the movies and shows and that sort of thing. So what uh, what do we have at the Toronto? This is the reference library. Right? Yes, Toronto Public Library, Toronto Reference Library. Yeah, which is kind of the corner, a little bit beyond the corner of Bloor and Young. Yes. So what have you got here? that would be of interest to the literary tourists. Yeah, so we have many, many things. So we obviously have different editions of Conan Doyle's works, um, the Sherlock Holmes stories, the fictional stories, as well as nonfiction. We have imitations of the stories. So we have um, what I mentioned earlier, pastiches, parodies. So those are more contemporary materials. We also have research materials, so there's a great deal of people out there who study and have a passion for Sherlock Holmes, so they write essays and do critical research on on him, and so we have publications on that. We have journals written by, there's various societies all over the world who meet to discuss uh, Sherlock Holmes, and they publish and they lecture, so we collect those periodicals. I guess there's, is there a worldwide Conan Doyle or Sherlock Holmes society? There are societies all over the world. From what I understand, some of them are larger than others. and um, Are they all part of the same umbrella group? or? They well, they're all called Scion Societies. What's that? Scion Societies, they're referred to. And they all are... Um, How do you spell that? S-C-I-O-N? Yeah. Okay. Um, and they're all, uh, they all just meet to discuss and lecture and all of that. Okay. The Toronto-based group, they're called the Bootmakers of Toronto, the Sherlock Holmes Society of Canada. We run a co-sponsored program with them and they meet here about four or five times a year. 
and they'll often uh, discuss one of the stories and invite in a speaker who who has some sort of knowledge of the story or some sort of tie-in or they could be an imitation writer or something like that and uh, they publish their own periodical called Canadian Homes yeah yeah. it's cute yeah yeah Speaking of architecture, mm-hmm. you've got a, kind of a, a room that replicates uh, mm-hmm. what Baker, the Baker Street. Yeah, so the room itself is supposed to look like Sherlock Holmes's fictional study. Okay. Um, from the Victorian era, mm-hmm. so it's kind of got that warm feel to it. Yeah, wooden floors. Um, and, yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's quite inviting for anybody wandering in, wondering what's here and deciding they want to stay and read a book, so. So a visitor can come in there and you told me that they can take uh, any book off the shelf they want to and have a look at it? Yes, so um, one of the interesting things about the collection is most col- most special collections would kind of have some restricted access but um, the interesting thing about this collection is that you can go in and browse at your own leisure, mm-hmm. take books off the shelf, read them, stay as long as you'd like, just based on interest, you know? Mm-hmm. So it's, it's quite neat for that reason. Yeah. Well, it's a very nice looking facility you mm-hmm. got here. It's kind of a circular, circular room with circular desks and... Uh... Yes, it's beautiful. Um, it was revitalized uh, in recent years thanks to a donation from the Marilyn and Charles Baileys, um, which are Toronto philanthropists. And But the Arthur Conan Doyle room itself, again, revitalized by uh, Clifford Goldfarb and some of the friends of the Arthur Conan Doyle collection. He's the president of the group. So, yeah, as mentioned before, they help us to build the collection and mm-hmm. get the word out. Okay. So, yeah. Now you've got a big trolley of stuff here. Mm-hmm. Is there anything in particular that uh, catches your eye? We've seen the, we've seen the, an early edition of the Hound of the Baskervilles, mm-hmm. or is that a first edition? Do you know? Of, that was of a that? first edition. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And we've seen the Beaton's a Scarlet, a study in Scarlet. Uh, anything else that stands out? I think I just I mainly wanted to bring this out as an assortment of really what we have. So what I wanted to mention earlier is that we have something for everyone, basically. We have children's materials. We have graphic novels. We have comic books. We have the manuscripts. We have early editions, contemporary editions, imitations. We have multilingual, so we collect translations. We have writings on the writings, they're called. So. Um, we have essays on uh, Sherlockian scholarship. We have annotations of the stories. We have mm. biographies. Do you and have an idea of what the best biography is? I like Teller of Tales. It was a good one. And that's by, by Daniel Stashower. Okay, why um, do you like that one? I don't know. Just covered everything and it was just easy to follow along and you really got a sense of Arthur Conan Doyle's life. Mm-hmm. Big recommendation is actually this more recent book, From Holmes to Sherlock, by Matthias Bostrom. 
So it basically talks about every facet of Sherlock Holmes and everyone who was involved in his creation. So it touches on not only the stories in Arthur Conan Doyle, but also the adaptations and the societies and people who write about the stories and just every single aspect of his character. So hmm. that's very interesting. Pub- like publishing history as well, do you think? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So that's a very interesting read. Mm-hmm. Um, also, Conan Doyle for the Defense is another one. So Arthur Conan Doyle tried his hand at being a detective in his life. So um, In real life? In real life. He got involved in a few cases and from what I understand people would often approach him asking for help in cases but a few he did get invested in and managed to get some acquittals for his uh, for the uh, accused so there's some interesting stories there mm. and then we do have some kind of more novelty items interesting items we have miniature books so we have a complete run of the Sherlock Holmes stories here in, in miniature. miniature form. And we have posters and illustrations and games. We have collectibles such as um, statues. Film? Do you have the film posters? We have film posters, yeah. <laughs> and you go after this, do you? I do, yes. That must be fun. It is fun. So what? You just scour... Uh, <laughs> eBay and uh, eight books and yep. Biblio. And eight books is a big one. Um, also, I guess by a certain point when you've been purchasing for a collection for many years, you kind of establish relationships with vendors. Mm-hmm. So there are some that I often go to. Like um, who? I find there's some in England that I've been. Um, Just because they specialize in. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, Adrian Harrington is oh, one. Yeah. Okay. Um, tend to find a lot there. We interviewed him years ago for the Bibliophile. Yeah. Oh, really? Oh, neat. Yeah. So there's there's different vendors. Um, There's also, with the more contemporary materials, there's a local store called the Sleuth of Baker Street, and they specialize in in, uh, mystery writing and a lot of Sherlock Holmes and Arthur Conan Doyle material. So... Um, a few times a year I'll place a, an order with them for some of the newer content. Yeah, and then sometimes people bring things to my attention, um, whether it be members of the Friends of the Arthur Conan Doyle Collection or the Bootmakers of Toronto or even, you know, the public. They can bring my attention to uh, items to consider. Also, we accept donations, which is wonderful. So sometimes people come across items that they already have and reach out to us to see if it would be a good fit. So there's okay. many ways, yeah. I'd say it's <coughs> one of the funnest aspects of the job. <laughs> it's, yeah. <laughs> Collective stuff is mm-hmm. a lot of fun. Mm-hmm. Especially find, when you find really good stuff that, uh, that doesn't cost that much. Mm-hmm. That's, uh, uh, just finally, what about the future? What, uh, do you have any big plans for uh, the collection? Or is this... Uh, more of the same, just slowly acquiring stuff, or more of the same, but also we would always love to acquire manuscripts, primary source material. I think a, a great research collection is built on 
a lot of that primary source material. So yeah, our dream is to just acquire more of that. Okay, so if anyone out there is listening that has any that they want to get rid of. (laughs) Yeah, uh, please consider us. (laughs) Yeah. Okay. Good. So uh, just finally, whereabouts are you located again? Uh, We're at Young and Bloor in Toronto. We're at the Toronto Reference Library. Um, And we're in the Marilyn and Charles Bailey Special Collection Center on the fifth floor of the library. Very good. Well, thanks very much for uh, taking the time to educate us about uh, your collection. I've been speaking with uh, Jesse Amalo, who is a special, no, she's a services specialist at the uh, Arthur Conan Doyle Collection, Special Collections Department of the Toronto Public Library. Thanks again. Okay.